know the church. I thought, you guys have done really well. You know, you really give yourselves a big hand. It's fantastic. And, uh, you know, modernize it. And I, I go to a lot of churches. You know, you've got the screens on the side. And, man, you've got the public address system. The, everything's really working. So, and I can pick up the vibe here that God is doing something good. How many believe that? God is doing something good. And, uh, you know, you're stretching, you're growing. There's always growing pains. There's always stuff that, you know, you want more people to be involved. You want this place. Hello, are you there? Here we go. And uh, you, you want the place to be doubled in size as far as volunteers. And, and that's good because you've got a vision. You've got no vision, then you might as well just, uh, you know, just you know, coast along. But you, you've got a vision. You want, to, you want to reach more people. So, therefore, you need more people to get involved. And, uh, but thank you for stepping up. There's a lot of things that you could be doing in life, but there's nothing better than serving God. Amen? Am I talking to the right people? I hear that people in Port Lincoln are really responsive. Is that right? Oh, wow. I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it came to the right place. And, um, and just got a few things that we want to say. So thank you very much for your hospitality, Pastor Rob. I'm looking forward to meeting the rest of the church tomorrow. And also Pauline, the better, better half, of course. Of course. Why don't we give him a really big hand? It's not, uh, I'm a survivor, but they're survivors as well, and uh, they've, uh, they, they've taken this church, and I can see they've taken it to another level, and God's, the best is yet to come, even though it's a well-known sort of phrase. Just a couple of things I'm going to say before I, I get into my message, and something that God has been speaking to me about, and maybe, maybe it'll help you, you know, maybe, I don't know, it might. I want you to say two words, alignment and breakthrough. I mentioned the word alignment to Pastor Robin, and he says, oh, it's interesting because I've been doing a series on it. Is that right? You know, he's in the spirit, you know, you know that? You're in the spirit, but then maybe I am too. And, uh, you know, the really importance of alignment, though, what is alignment? Alignment is moving together as one, right? True. I like the heartbeat. I like the one heart church. And really, that's what that is all about. You have one heart, and you're moving together as one. I don't know if you've ever got in a car that, uh, where the wheels are out of alignment. It's, it's, a, it's a really strange experience when you get in there. I remember I, I had to purchase a car for my daughter. She got to 18 years of age. She's now not 18, she's 30. All right. So anyway, she was 18. And so, so it, it, what you do is you buy a secondhand car because you know they're going to have a smash in the first 12 months. And you usually go for a Toyota Corolla, of course, you know, because they're cheap and and then things last forever. So we went to this place, which I shouldn't have. I, I went to this particular suburb where I thought I'd get it really, really cheap. And I walked in, and there's the car, and it, and it looked immaculate. It was fantastic. I thought it's just been spray painted. And the guy showed me the bonnet. You know, he was, uh, I think he was, uh, I won't tell you, you know, nationality because I might be racist. But anyway, so he, he says, This is very good. I treat you like a brother. I treat you like a brother. A brother. Okay. I thought, wow, look at that. The engines are, I said, has this been an accident? No, 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 no. There's never not been an accident. So anyway, I got on the road. I had to test drive the thing. And, and when we took off, it looked fantastic. But you know what? As it started to build speed, the wheel started to shake. And it just pulled to the right. I'm sort of, you know, trying to hold on. To it. I said, there's something wrong with the car. Oh, no, 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 nothing, nothing. Now, we give you good price, good price. Well, you know, I, I rang up. There was this number that you can ring up to find out if it's been in a, a write-off. And, and there it was. it was. It was written off. And he just, you know, just done a few things to it. It was a complete, The thing was completely out of alignment. The point is this, that I never would have known that what was wrong with the car until it started to build speed. I don't know if you know where I'm going here, but I believe that God wants your church to build speed. 
Uh, I believe there's more momentum coming. But as you start to build speed, you've got to get more and more in alignment because that's when things can start to go to the left or the right. So you're moving together as one. One of the things that you have to protect is unity in the church and uh, even unity in your heart. What's actually happening in here? Because we are full of community uh, of those who are flawed and, you know, there are people who are dysfunctional. Not you, but other people, of course. Okay. So we're living in a community where you've got to guard your hearts. And, 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 and you can get offended. Anybody ever been offended in church? Yeah. How, how many have been offended by Pastor Rob? Oi, boy. Okay, let's have an altar call right now. <laughs> but, you know, you can get offended. Get offended by other leaders. And so, you know, guarding it. And there's, you know, signs. I don't know if you've ever seen when somebody is an offense and they can't look you in the eye. Ever notice that? You know, there's different things that we got to watch. And you're walking down one aisle, they walk down the other aisle. You know, you think something's wrong here, and they stop sharing with you. Or maybe, you know, they're sitting on the front seat, and then they start sitting in the second seat. And I'm oh, sorry, I'm not talking about, bad about those of you in the last seat. But you understand, they start moving back, and you go, what's going on? What's going on? There, something is not in alignment. And so you've got to watch that in your own heart, but also watch it in other people as well that you're serving with. And just grab a hold of them and just say, come on. And, and I just want to say something here as well that, uh, you know, at times I've noticed from my experience, whenever you start shifting people in roles, you know, maybe they're doing something and you might say, look, you know, maybe you ought to be serving in another place and we want to make sure that you fit in right and that that's where people can get a little bit their nose out of joint, you know, because they go, well, this is mine. This is my position. And I've been doing this for the last 20 years. Who are you to tell me what to do? Can I just say something to you? We're a team. And what does a coach do in the middle of the game? He, he rearranges the players so that we win. And so that's what we want to do. So if we rearrange things and the pastor says, you, maybe can you help us over here? And maybe, look, you know, we want to fit you according to your strengths. Don't get your nose out of joint. And you say, why are you talking like that? Because I've got some people I've got to deal with in my own church. Got the, they're going to get their nose out of joint, I can tell. But, but the reality is it's not about you. Say to the person next to you, it's not about you. Did you know that? It's not about you. It's about what God wants for the church, what is best for the team. Amen. So let's go in alignment. Let's work together in Jesus' name. Amen. I could finish my message now. You know, really, that's all I need to say. Okay, so that's the first thing. You guys are very responsible. I don't know if I can keep up the pace with you, though. Okay. The next word that God has really been speaking to me about is breakout. Everybody say breakout. a bit delayed. It's like an echo. Break out. And, um, you know, I've been in, a, in, in my church for 28 years. If you just realize that how easy it would be to just become you know, comfortable, you know, we've done some good things to rely upon what we've done in the past. God said to me this year, I said, I want you to break out. And I felt it really strongly in my spirit so you're just getting too comfortable, break out of the routine, break out of the root, the, doing the same thing over and over and start to spread out, start to enlarge what, what I have for you. And, uh, and so I said to uh, our people that we need to have a spirit of a pioneer. We can lose that, the spirit of willing to try, willing to go into new places, willing to explore. You know, that's a pioneer that they'd always, they always want to go into different places and uh, I remember saying to 
our, our church and said, I believe that God wants us to have an outreach. I was sharing with some people uh, earlier today into another suburb. And we're going we're gonna to do an outreach. And people said to me, you know, are, are you going to plant a church there? I don't know. All I know is that God's told us to do an outreach. And so we're going to go into this place and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna bring the band in there. We're going we're gonna to do something really fantastic for the community. And, uh, you know, and, and last Sunday, we did it for the very first time with a whole lot of fear and trepidation. And 262 people rolled up. And I thought, now listen, what was good about it is I thought the church is with us. The church is saying, come on, pastor. Let's break out into larger ground. Are you ready for a larger place? All right. God, I believe, is, is positioning you as a church for larger things. He's expanding you. Do it with wisdom. But God wants you to go into larger places within your own life. And so uh, there's a scripture in Judges chapter 6, verse 12, that, that, uh, where God speaks to Gideon. And Gideon, as you know, he's, he's, um, he's in the wine press and he's fleeing from the, uh, the Philistines. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and he said to him, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. In other words, he says, what are you doing in this wine press, in this small place? I have got, you were born for something bigger than that. I'll speak to you. You're born for something bigger than what you're doing now. Stop hanging around little places. Now, I'm not talking about a church or a position. I'm talking about you as a person. God wants to enlarge you. He wants to stretch you. You say, how do I know that? You should see where I came from. You should, you should meet my family. And then you'll wonder, what on earth is this guy doing standing in front of others? My family, was I come from a very, very shy family. I come from a family that sort of very narrow and, and that sort of, oh, you know, what will people think? Oh, you know, I've had to break out. And if I can do it, you can. You can break into a larger place no matter what your background is. God's got bigger things for you that, that you can do. And so, you know, speak to yourself. Be encouraged. There's a scripture that, um, that, uh, that we've been using in our church. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 uh, to uh, 13. And uh, listen to this. What do you guys call yourselves here? One heart. Dear, dear, one hardest. Is that what you call yourself? What do you call yourself? One heart, whatever, one heart. This is God. Listen to this. This is God speaking to you. I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter into this wide, open, spacious life. I didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking to you as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your life. Live openly and expansively. God is stretching us. God is saying, God, God is saying, I want you to live larger than what you are. And so this is the word that God gave to me in a and I've given it to the church, to our church, but now I'm giving it to you as well. Be enlarged. All right, don't, don't put on weight, but be enlarged. Grow. Amen. Expand. And as I began to think about this, it's amazing what God started to bring in my life. 
suddenly I had a request from Harvest Bible College. And they came to me and they said, Pastor John, we want you to do an interview on how to survive a storm in life. You don't know what happened in our church. Some of you do, some of you don't. 2014 was a huge storm in our church. I mean, it was the biggest, the, the toughest thing I've ever been through in my life. And so these guys said to me, we want you to do an interview, and it's going to go global. We're going to take it through online, and we're going to ask you questions. Now, I, I don't need to stand in front of people. I don't need to do all this. And I thought, Lord, really? You know, I'd, I'd rather not. I don't know what, the, what questions are going to, I'm going to feel quite vulnerable about the whole thing. And God then whispers, and he says, now hold on, what have you been talking to other people about? Breakout. Uh, does that apply to you or not? No, no, that's for them. I mean, that's for the church. That's not for me. That's for them. No, it's a, and God says, I want you to step into this. And I, and I did that interview, and I know that I believe that God really ministered to a whole lot of people. You see, God began to work in my heart. He really became. Another incident occurred. Uh, I'm going to Pan Asia Conference, which is an ACC conference, but I don't know if any of you have heard of that. Okay, over in Thailand. And this is where all the missionaries come globally. They come into, into Thailand. And I thought, I'm going to go there. I'm going to sit and listen to these missionaries talk about what they've done overseas. This is going to be fantastic. And then I get this, this email saying, Look, would you mind taking one of the sessions? I'm thinking, Are you kidding me? I've come. I just, I just want to sit there. I want to. And God, again, the whisper of the Holy Spirit. What have I told you to do? I want to break you out into a larger place. Now, you do what I tell you to do. Two weeks ago, I went to Thailand and ministered in that setting. I tell you, it was a wonderful privilege. But God expanded me. Now, listen to me. This is what He wants to do. He wants to break you out into a larger place. Amen. All right, let me take you to... Um, i just got to be careful of the time here. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 is this. Faith in action. Oh, oh, this is the NIV. Okay, faith in action. Now, faith is confidence for what we hope for. Read it with me. And assurance about what we do not see. Uh, the, what the translation I've got is faith is being sure of what we hope for, and it's certain of what we do not see. I, I, I've been reading these books on the sporting heroes in Australia, and of course the Olympics are on, and, and one of the people that captivated my attention was Kathy Freeman, and I, I read up a little bit about her life, and when she was young, she always knew in her heart that she was going to win. She just always knew. But her mother did something. Her mother got her to write on a piece of paper, I am the greatest athlete in the world. And she put it in her room and she was to read it every day. I am the greatest athlete in the world. And then 20 years later, she runs that race which stopped the whole nation. And we saw that the very dream, the thing that she put before her, what she saw became a reality. The question I have is what do you see? That's what I want to talk to you about. You want to break out into a new place. What do you see for your life? Is there anything that you see that is larger than what it is? Over the years, uh, I've had the joy of, of uh, taking different marriages. I've, I've seen couples come together. and it's, uh, I'm actually a bit of a romantic, actually. I love to see couples come together. And, and then they, they, 
they, uh, they get engaged and then they get married and then, of course, they got to find a, a place to live and some of them rent and some of them choose to buy a house and then other people, they'll buy a block of land. And from time to time, they'll invite me there and to show me the block of land. I still remember this couple, they were so excited. They bought this block of land around about 10 kilometers from where we are and we walked onto the block block of land and here they are and they're waving around and says man this is where the kitchen's going to be and this is where the bedroom's going to be and you know we, there's three bedrooms here and and uh you know we, we, we're believing God for children and 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 this and they're just describing the hands are waving all over there's nothing there nothing there but it's there it's there they're seeing it they're seeing it and 95 times out of 100 it becomes a reality because they see it in the spirit what do you see for your life? I believe that God wants us to have eyes open that we see what He sees. And if I can encourage you today, that would be a great thing. Again, when we decided to double the size of our church, we, we were, on a, were on a piece of land, and, and, and God said to me, you need to double the size of the church. And people said, why do you need to do that? I said, because I believe that God's going to grow this thing. Why do people buy a three-bedroom home when they've got no children? Because they believe in God for children. I believe that God wants us to grow. Amen? He wants us to expand. So therefore, we, we went out. I still remember the day. We got the musicians, and they, they went out the, the back door, and there's this empty, empty, empty block of land, and there I am again. I'm going, look, you know, this is where the stage is going to be, and, and this is where the auditorium's going to be, and and this is where, this is where we're going to have rooms over here and people are going to come through and I'm describing the thing and, and people captured the vision. I saw it in the spirit. You've got to see it. Nothing happens until you see it. You've got to see it vividly in your spirit. And we raised $1 million. I've never raised a cent in my life. I thought, what am I doing? I used to have these nightmares at night. I thought, here I am. I'm selling the vision and people won't give. Maybe I'm, going to be a dis- I'm going to be out on the street. I'm going to lose my position. But God put something in my spirit, a faith image inside of me. The power of imagination. Very, very powerful, especially when it's spirit-fueled. I don't know if you've ever seen a child when, they've got, when they describe things. You know, ever seen a child give, tell you their story and they start to hook into their imagination? Uh, we used to have an ad uh, in Melbourne. And it was like... Um, I think it was an insurance ad, and the, and the head went one way. You remember, remember that the little kid? And the head went one way, and, and the leg went the other way. And it's like, it's just the power of imagination. But sometimes we can lose it as we get a bit older. We lose that ability to dream. We lose that ability to see. You know, even right now, we can un- underestimate it. But if I was just, if I was, is there something happening here? Not so okay. Is that if <laughs> if you were just to focus and you just to close your eyes just for a second and you just to picture a red succulent tangy apple and you bite into that thing, juices running out. You can almost taste it. How many of you love mangoes? Anybody love mango? Okay, okay. You just close your eyes. You go. It's just firm mango. You put a knife through it. Just carve the sides of the cheeks, and you cut them, cut them into squares. Pick up that mango. <gasps> put it into your mouth. Oh, 
your body starts to react. It is not real. And yet, it is real. In fact, their chemical reaction begins to happen inside of you. That's why when we go past certain stores, that's why they have advertisement on TV. Even your body reacts to that which you see because it's so real. We need to, to come into that. We, we need to understand the power of what we see. It's so really, really powerful. You know, um, I mean, everything starts with imagination. Everything starts with what we see. You know, every building, every business, every company, every piece of art, every breakthrough to a, to a big problem, every musical note, it always starts by what you see. Uh, Lois and I had the opportunity of going to the Vatican and, and seeing the marvelous pieces of art there. And we went into the Sistine Chapel. You know who painted that? Michelangelo. We go in there, and there's literally hundreds of people and you look up into the ceiling, and there's this is magnificent masterpiece, Michelangelo, on his back, for years, just painting that which he saw. And now today we go, wow. This is what Einstein said. He said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Logic will get you from A to B, but imagination will take you everywhere. There is no limit to imagination. The true sign of intelligence is not knowledge, but imagination. There's Einstein talking about this. You know, when, and so when people say to me things like, I just can't see myself getting married, or I can't see myself ever running a business, or I can't see myself ever having children, or I, I can't see myself passing VC, I say, stop, don't say that. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy when you do that. Now, maybe God's put the limit on you, but don't you put the limit on it. You don't know what God has for you. So don't put limits. Be careful what you say because it will actually become a reality. We need to be careful. We need to guard our thinking. The Word of God says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. And I say, don't say that. Instead, paint a different image. Pray yourself and say, oh, I don't think I can do that. See yourself actually doing it in the spirit. I'll talk about that in a moment. It's a bit of a secret to confidence I have. I'll let you know something. And this is why I relate to just normal people. I'm not generally, or in previously, I've never been a confident person. I know you don't believe that. It's not something that was natural to me. It's something I've had to learn. When God called me into the ministry, I said, are you kidding, Lord? Are you serious? You've got the wrong person in there. He said, you're the man. I have anointed you, and I have appointed you. And you get up there and do what I tell you to do. So, it, and that's what I did. But many times I find myself thinking, man, what happens if I do this and it doesn't work? You know, what happens if I give an appeal? Now, uh, who's going to give their lives to Jesus? Crickets. You know, what happens if I start a new service and nobody comes? What happens if I race, go to raise some money and nobody gives? And I'm thinking, I'm dying here, you know. And, and, and there's a sense of lack of self-confidence. And, and God just taught me, you need to see that thing in the Spirit. What is it that you want? Start to see it before it happens. Start to, start to visualize. Start to, you know, start to see when you give that appeal, people are lifting up their hand. Yes, I see that hand. So I can see it now. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. 
before it even happened. You would start to see people being generous toward the things of God. People putting in that, the offering, putting their hands in their pocket and, you know, get, get in the other pocket and taking out their wallet and writing it. Start to see it in the Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? And that just encourages you because you, what you see actually then fuels. Start to, start to see God lifting you up and say, come on, up here. And this is what I believe God's saying to some of you. Come on, get up. What are you doing in that small place? Get up. I got more. Don't be intimidated by that. Come and see what I will do for you. You know, often when I see people and I pray for them, I get these words over their lives. I sometimes see the word confidence or or favor or courage or or breakthrough or, you know, just different words almost over their forehead, their forehead. But oftentimes what I see is a treasure chest. And inside, there's so much. If you just lift a lid, wow, what's going to come out? And it's in you. You don't see it, but inside of you, there are gifts, there are capacities, there's passion, there's, there's abilities, there's opportunities there. God wants to lift a lid. How many are ready to receive that? He wants to lift a lid over your life into a new place so you grab a hold of everything that God has for you. Amen? Start to see. I think I said before, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So be careful how you think. Our life is shaped by our thoughts, actually, the Scripture says here. You know, sometimes... We can lose it. We can actually lose that passion. And I understand why it happens. It reminds me of the story of this tourist, and he was um, traveling in America. And uh, he came across a particular area of land that was so fertile. It was beautiful. It's just like when I flew into Port Lincoln. It was, I mean, it's fantastic, I must say. It's just like everything's so green. No wonder it's so fertile here. You know, apparently the grain, so much grain comes out of this area. So he came into this area, and it was green. And he thought, wow, look at this place. And he saw this man. He was sitting on the veranda, and he thought, oh, I'll go and talk to him. He was a very gregarious sort of person. He said, I'll go and have a chat with him. So he shouts out, hey, can I come in through the front gate? Over there, you've got to be really careful. You don't walk into other people's property. They've got guns over there. They shoot you. All right, that's the way it is down south, you know. Get off my property. <laughs> you know. So anyway, he, he walks in and he, and he goes up to the veranda. He says, oh, he says, wow, I've just been admiring this beautiful property that you have here. It is amazing. He says, how much is it? How, how big is this? And the guy says, 75 acres. He says, wow, you could do so much with it. I can imagine you've made so much money. He says, you could grow cotton here. He said, nah, tried that. The weevils ate it. You know what a weevil is, don't you? It's an insect that gets inside of the cotton, lays some eggs, and then it, the, the insect hatches, it, it, it grows, and then eats, eats the cotton from within. So he thought that was it. He says, oh, says, that's a shame. He says, what about corn? Nah, tried that. Why? He says, well, the locusts ate it. <laughs> Poor fella, <laughs> cotton, <laughs> and then... And then corn, he says, what about, uh, look, it's so green here. Surely you could brace cattle here. Nah, I haven't tried it. He says, probably the, probably the price will drop. 
you know, Mr. Positive. You know. He says, well, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with this beautiful property? He says, I'm going to play it safe. I'm just going to leave it the way it is. You know, sometimes all you need is a few hard knocks in life. All you need is some disappointments. All you need is a few hurts. And then all of a sudden you say, you know what? You can forget that. I'm going to play it safe. I could just, just not for me. I'll never do that again. And I know that there are some people who you've, that's what's happened to you. And you kind of go, you know what? I'll just stick here. This is nice and safe here. And God's saying to you, if you play it safe, you will never see what he has for you. You've got to step out into a new place. You've got to come into a new place. He wants to enlarge your vision. Uh, one scripture I'll leave you with, and, th- and then we'll have a time of prayer. And uh, that's found in, um, I, can't even, I don't even know where it is actually found. But uh, it's, it's actually in, Ge- in Genesis chapter 13, where when God says to Abraham, he says, lift up your eyes from where you are. God wants you to lift up your eyes from where you are. God wants you to see bigger. He wants to enlarge your thinking. He wants to enlarge your capacity to see what he has for you. Thanks, guys, as you come up. You know, Abraham had every reason in the world to be discouraged. He was looking for a child. For 25 years, nothing happened. And he had his, his, probably his eyes were fixed to the ground. He was very, very discouraged. God says to him, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes from where you are. Because I want to show you something bigger. I've got something that I want to impart into your life. So today, I really, you know, it's a simple message. We talked about alignment. We talked about breakthrough. We talked about what do you see? God wants to enlarge us. He wants us to capture His vision. I want everybody to stand. I want you to ask the Lord, what is it that, what are you saying to me, Lord? What are you saying to me through this message? Just ask Him. The Holy Spirit will help you. Lord, what are you saying to me? What do I need to do? Just listen to his still small voice. And then say, Lord, let's just actually, why don't we just pray in the spirit? Come on, let's just really reach out to God. We open up our spirit to you, Lord.